This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast. Shai Goodman here. Uh, this week is uh, kind of packed with uh, a number of different elements. If we can try to somewhat pull them together. Uh, first of all, it's Parsha's Kisa, Kisisa, which uh, features the episode of the um, of the, the Eagle Azov, which is a pretty infamous uh, episode in the history of the Jewish people. Uh, and it also coincides with, uh, at least this year, with the um, Shabbos Pura, the uh, Shabbos where we talk about the din <coughs> of the Pura Dima, the red heifer. Also a very, very significant thing, what we do on Yom Kippur every year. Um, or at least we talk about it <coughs> now in, in Gullis. Um, so that's talking about um, also the Diva Pura, and, and in fact, the uh, reason that's given for the Pura is specifically uh, related to the Chet uh, the, the of the uh, Eagle, uh, since that involved uh, a calf, and this is a cow, and the, it said that the cow is coming to, um, it's like a mother cow is coming to clean up for the mess made by the, uh, by its, its, uh, child the calf um, at any rate uh, that's that's what's going on there and then in time wise we're also uh, falling right after Purim and uh, very shortly before Pesach so that's also a certain dynamic going on um, if we can relate it to that so um, the the, the uh, classic uh, kasha you know the difficulty with what is going on in terms of the uh, mitzvah of the Paradima and why it's uh, kind of a paradox, is that the, uh, the whole idea of burning up this red heifer and taking the ashes and then using it for purification from uh, Tumas Misa, which is you know the most uh, serious form of impurity caused by coming in contact in some way with a uh, with a corpse with a, a dead body. Um, and uh, this can only be absolved by by uh, being spritzed with the uh, with the ashes with the water that's you know the ashes are, have been dissolved in. Um, and uh, especially we talked about this before the uh, before the Yom of Pesach because it's as a, as a reminder that people should purify themselves before coming, since it's one of the Shulchan Shrigolim that you're coming to the base of Mikdash to be purified. Um, or rather, you, you, to come to the Besamekdash, to enter the Besamekdash and, and offer the Korban Pesach, you first have to have been purified from any uh, uh, Tumas Mace, and that takes uh, seven days and a whole thing. Anyway, um, so that is what's going on there. So what, what the, 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 the point is, what this Kasha is, is that uh, when a person, everybody who's involved directly with the preparation of the, of the Poradima, you know, the burning of the Poradima, even though this is something that is intended to purify people from the most serious form of, um, of Tumma, of, of, of impurity, anyone who's in contact with it 
from his being in contact with him, he himself becomes Tuma. He becomes himself impurified. So this is very paradoxical. Here you're talking about something that's intended to purify people, and it is making people impure. So that's a, you know seems like something that's uh, not explainable. There, there's a whole thing also about that you know is considered to be that we really don't understand uh, the whole idea of the Poradima, and yet uh, a lot of explanations are given. So how is it that we don't understand it, and yet we are always trying to understand to be able to give reasons for why it, it uh, does work that way. So what's behind that? And then, of course, again, the uh, connection with Purim and Pesach. Um, okay, so I wanted to uh, take a certain uh, spin on it, you know, a certain uh, focus that may help to gain some clarification on what's really going on. And that is that the um, uh, perhaps source of a tremendous amount of avarice and and uh, riches and wickedness in the world is based on the problem of uh, what we call gaiva, you know, arrogance, um, yeshus. The the, the if a person the experience that a person has of his own uh, being. Of his own, you know, independence. As and this is this goes back to the the, the reason I'm kind of, you know, giving away the punchline here. But the the whole reason why the creation of man is such a uh, chiddush, it was such a, a tremendous uh, innovation in 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 uh, you know in, in existence is that man was given a self consciousness, the consciousness of self. Um, despite being a creation of Hashem and Hashem's uh, uh, existence overrides everything and, you know, uh, it fills all the worlds and it fills all of existence. And Hashem himself had to, in a way, we talk about contracting the, his own presence in order to leave room for something else to exist. And the whole, uh, the whole creation exists, uh, you know, the creation of man, anyway, uh, exists on the basis of and is dependent on that self-consciousness. Whereas man has to have a consciousness of self in order to have free choice, for one thing. Um, otherwise, he's just bottle. He's totally uh, nullified to Hashem's existence, and he has to have, uh, you know, he has to have that independence, and he has to have the conscience that he is a separate being, and that he wants to have a relationship with Hashem, because everything about creation is based on the concept of a relationship between man and God, and uh, God and man. That's that's the reason why he made it that way. If he just wanted to have a bunch of um, uh, robots, you know, uh, creations that are just following him. Okay, so so the the angels and the um, and the animals don't have that same kind of self-consciousness as we do but uh, maybe to some extent but not not to the extent that we do therefore they do not have that kind of choice that we do and um, there's taka they don't have the same kind of relationship with Hashem that we do and they're not they're not the taklas they're not the reason why Hashem created the world so on the one hand we have this this um, this conscious of self and yet that very conscious of self is what gets us into trouble um, so that is, in a sense, the, the, the basis for the for the the, the uh, dilemma or the paradox of the of the porodima, the very thing that we have in order to serve Hashem and is necessary to serve Hashem. We can't get out of it. Is the very thing that um, 
that can get us into trouble and is the source of our problems. Because the more the more we feel our own independence and that we are we have powers of our own independent of Hashem, the more we uh, can rebel against Him and the more we can assert that that uh, independence to do things that are wrong uh, against His will. Uh, but then again, if we didn't have that choice, then we wouldn't have this whole this whole relationship. So that alone is, even though we can say that the, the reason why the Pora Adima is configured the way it is, is largely because of that uh, truth, that dynamic, we can't understand in any way why it's that way. I mean, why Hashem created it that way. And it was, we don't understand why that was necessary to make it in such a way that it would be so problematic. But this is the essence of it. In other words, Hashem, because of this uh, problem, the whole idea of, of, it comes down to the whole idea of free choice. Um, so, you know, Hashem had to create things like tshuva and, uh, and, and kapora, things like the, the, the porodimi, all kinds of things to remedy that so that we would have the, the, still the possibility of getting back together with Hashem after we, we mess up because it's almost inevitable that we are going to mess up as long as we have that, uh, that level of choice. And indeed, you know, Adonishan did did so from the get go. I mean, Ramos from the very first day, he couldn't hold out. Uh, so the idea is that this is the foundation of all of this. Now, it's, what's interesting is we can see the Maisa Purim really brings home this whole concept of how uh, the the biggest Rusha is also the biggest Balgaiva. I mean, this it, Bamish goes together. I mean, you see with Haman very, very clearly how big a Balgaiva he was. At the same time, his Gaiva uh, points out his own insecurity because if, if he had been really uh, secure in his own, you know, perceived greatness... So then he would have uh, it wouldn't have bothered him so much that Mordechai was uh, was not bowing down to him. He would just say, "Okay, so like he doesn't know what he's doing." But because of his own insecurity, the fact that that uh, Mordechai stood up to him was a tremendous affront to him, and and really went to his very core. And you know the, the way that he spoke to his uh, his wife and his, his friends, you know how great he is and how how all you know all of his uh, milus and all of his uh, how much uh, you know wealth and and children and all these things that he has. Going for him, um, and then uh, the fact that that was that he, he was pumping himself so high, and then he got this whole uh, put down, this takedown, which was really in his own self-image. It was it was it was a, a, an attack on his own gaiva that he had to then be machnia himself, you know, to subordinate himself to Mordechai by, by taking him through the streets. The very fact that he came up with that whole plan, that 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 blown-up plan of of, uh, of of dressing, you know. This, the, the one that the king, you know, esteems the most uh, in the in the in the dress of the king himself, and pulling him through the streets, and then it was all based on his own delusions of grandeur, and uh, you know how he thought, and then that that was itself the uh, the beginning of his downfall. So we see that you know this is the whole the whole um, rise and fall of Haman was based on his own uh, his own gaiva, his own arrogance, and his own his own conceit. So there we see very strongly that the whole 
issue is one of gaiva. On the other hand, uh, this is very appropriate to deal with the subject of gaiva before Pesach because we know that matzah, as opposed to chometz, is matzah is you know the, the very plain bread without any. It's not allowed to rise, and rising is uh, uh, is this this idea of being filled with hot air, so to speak. It's this, this idea of being inflated is uh, talking about inflated egos. That's you know the, idea, the whole idea is we're supposed to do the remedy for all this is to come down to a uh, to a level of, of, of humility, which is the remedy for this whole this whole problem. Um, and to underscore this, I just uh, another aspect of how you know difficult and how tricky it is to deal with this whole issue, because when a person is base is 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 trying conscientiously to. Um, uh, to work on himself and to purify himself and to get to a higher level, so to speak, to to, to in, in in his service of Hashem. So that alone inevitably causes the person to think better of himself because inevitably as he reaches higher levels and as he uh, kind of surpasses let's say the, the 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 average or even you know people that are that are close to him in level in, in their in, in their attainment of, of uh, close to Hashem so as he attains a higher level than them and, and he perceives that because he has to in other words if he was let alone and told you know you just don't think about yourself you just do what you're supposed to do and that's it then it'll be fine but the problem is that we're told that we have to do this introspection and various, you know, before Rosh Hashanah, all these things are, are times we specifically have to be in inward looking, looking at ourselves, evaluating ourselves, trying to figure out how we can improve ourselves. It's it's a it's a self oriented, you know, uh, uh, avoida self oriented uh, service. So we can't avoid coming into contact with who we are. So as we see ourselves as being on a higher level. That, that eventually inevitably we're going to start to feel good about ourselves and think, you know, well, I'm better than so and so, at least you know, even subconsciously or something. So the the challenge is then to constantly be de-inflating ourselves. And 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 how do you do that? Not by thinking about how bad you are, because you know you're not bad. It's 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 the what the, the proper way of doing it is to nullify ourselves with a bittle to Hashem. So that bittle to Hashem is is feeling that we are in seed is like Avram Avini did was certainly you know on a pretty high level and he considered himself off of a And this was uh, this whole idea of an Yitzhak had considered themselves off of Eifer as if he'd been, you know, burnt on the Mizbeach. And, and the, 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 all of us were on a level. And, and, and then Yaakovini said, uh, you know, uh, he was like a worm. All of the, 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 the all of us themselves came to this level of total humility, not because they thought they were bad, but because they realized who Hashem was. And, and being in the presence of Hashem, you're totally nullified. So, so that is really what you could say what, it, what creation is about, in a sense. Creation is about Hashem creating a, a man, man with a self-consciousness that could be inflated to think that he himself is, is godly or, you know, like a god himself, and that, you know, inflated to the highest levels. And at the same time, he himself has to work on attaining that kind of, of selflessness and, and bittle that Hashem did not want to force on him because that would have negated the whole purpose of creation. He has to do it himself. That's the whole challenge, to reach that same level of bittle that, that if Hashem had created him with that bittle, then he would have no choice. 
So, and that's how a, a tzaddik can, can attain the levels of, of tzidkus that he does of doing the right thing because, because he nullifies himself to the point where there's nothing, there, there, he has no choice when he gets to that level. His choice was to get to that level, but his choice is not when he, once he's on that level, he is, 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 is it's, it's like a no-brainer. You know, of course, you know, he's going to do the right thing because how could he not do the right thing? But in any case, I mean, it's not quite that simple because you have a Yitzhahora that's, that's pushing in the wrong direction all the time. Anyway, but a great Sadiqim have actually fallen, you know, in, 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 to an extent. I mean, David Melech also had a problem with this of, of, of Saying, you know that uh, you know test me because I'm you know I'm, I'm for sure not going to do an avera, and then he got into trouble with with uh, with Bathsheba because of that. So you know you can't get go too far in this area. Also, the, the point is that that you know nobody is exempt from the challenges of of, of being of, of you know serving Hashem despite the fact we have a yitzhahora. But in any case, this is the uh, the idea of the poraduma itself that what is the kapora by burning the 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 the, the the, the uh, pora into ashes, and then taking those ashes and spritzing on the person. So the person has to come in contact with the ashes, which is the concept of bitl, of nullification, and through that he can actually come to the type of purification. So the person that is involved with preparing the pora dima himself is going to inevitably come to He knows, he has to know that the person is, is, who's trying to purify himself is ultimately going to face the challenge then of feeling good about himself, and he has to go through another purification through Bittl to realize that you know that that uh, that, that he's not there yet, or that he's constantly going to face that problem of always feeling good about himself and feeling himself as being some kind of a, uh, a separate entity, which is what we're supposed to be struggling against. So this whole thing is is mamasha hemshach. It's a continuation from Purim into the the Pura, in, in Pasha's Pura and into Pesach itself, where we complete that. Uh, that realization of uh, how dependent we are on Hashem, you know, we talk about our, our humble beginnings and, uh, you know, Terech uh, Avruam, going back to the background of Avodah you know, everything is intended to show us how much we have to be thankful to Hashem for taking us out of Mitzrayim when we were totally helpful, helpless and on the lowest possible level, and yet we uh, came to this position of Geula, partially because Hashem chose us and for no other reason. So, uh, the Abishal, we should uh, be able to continue our preparations for Pesach, both Baruchnius and Begashmius, in, in the physical and the spiritual, and uh, uh, we should uh, be able to uh, ultimately come to the Gulish Lame of Amen.